ever eaten so much pineapple that your tongue burns? Yes. Yes. I love pineapple, and I hate that that happens because it hurts my tongue. I know. Pineapple is very good. Pineapple juice is very good. Mm-hmm. It is not often that you get a hold of that. Pineapple beer, pineapple cider, very good. Yes. So, I Sonic had a meeting. Question. Oh, okay. I was I was going to ask if anyone has seen Sonic yet. Oh. Because it came out yesterday. It did. Uh, I still need to see it, so no spoilers, please. But There's a dance that he does in the animation in the, in the trailer that was changed in the movie. What? I'm not watching it then. Oh, good. He does. He, <laughs> they, they made it well, a floss dance instead of whatever oh. it was, which is less cool. good. That's, uh, that's from Fortnite. The Fortnite. Yes. I, it, do you own a Fortnite console? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sound like I'm 80. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, back when your grandma would say if every game was Mar- Mario. Are you playing the Mario? Yeah, yeah. Are you playing the Mario? Or Do you want me to buy you a Mario? Because they think that <laughs> it's all the same. Austin, I am I'm on board with that idea. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. He says, I'm yeah. still convinced they ruined the first animations on purpose. And... God damn, I don't know. I like I like it as a PR move. I, I think it makes sense. I, I would I would not be surprised if they did that. Well that's the thing too, is like they probably didn't have the movie done. Like, you know, they had put out a trailer and now you've got a trailer's worth of footage that is wrong. And so then they just fix it in that and then they change the model for all the stuff that has yet to be made. Right. So they wouldn't have to necessarily remake the entire movie. They probably just had to redesign the model and then, you know, go forward with making it. Because if the whole, like, something I've recently learned, I don't know about learned, but sort of realized is, like, things, movies, unless there's some sort of weird extenuating circumstances, movies and or games, like, somebody is trying to change something in them the day before it releases. (laughs) (laughs) Things are done and they go out. Yeah. And that's probably more true with games than movies. But still, I don't think there's ever a situation where a movie is like finished and sitting somewhere for an extended period of time. So I think if the movie were like fully complete with that terrible animation, it would have just released that way. Yeah. Or we would have gotten all the trailers earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I because I, I think that like also like rendering time for yeah. films take a really long time as well. Man, there's a great story in the special features of Gravity. They talk about how long. Well, that and that's, yeah. He says, plus, who listens to their fan base? The answer is no one. See, I, I think that's a little bit too cynical. A little bit too cynical. Maybe not entirely incorrect. But at the end of the day, the fans pay the money. They do. They're, they're the reason that anything exists. Yeah. And if there's enough of an outcry over something like that, I think if it was a situation where the movie was finished and they were like, this is ugly, they would have been like, that's tough. But to have it make sense, the trailer showed something hideous and awful. And they had all this availability within the budget to change the animations early on. It's like, everybody hates this. Let's try to salvage what we've done. <laughs> and then it worked. And I think I do think that there's more truth to the situation as it is presented than it may seem. But I do like the idea that potentially they made the animation in the trailer bad on purpose as a PR move. It's tough to say. I have, part of me is not super confident in that, but it's not the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Right. There is a a story in the Gravity Special Features about how long it would have taken to render that movie on like tech from the 80s or something. And I think, or 
I can't. I wish I could remember what it was. It might have been. It might have been that they had like a CPU, like a rendering farm. Yes. And that they were like, if we used just one of these machines to render this, we would have had to start the render in like 3500 BC <laughs> for it to come out when it did. That is. That is exactly. I, I was actually just talking with my roommate about joining an episode of the podcast because he does. Um. He he does VR and Unreal, and he was at a. EA doing trailer work like cinematic trailers and he would always talk about like something like Shrek like the original Shrek took like six months to render <laughs> that's crazy man isn't that crazy yeah but he's he was telling me about how rendering is better in Unreal so why not just animate in Unreal that's an interesting thing to say I feel like there's very specific technological limitations to the difference between movies and games that would make that not work out do you mean like in terms of the workflow or in terms of how it's rendered just in terms of how it's rendered and how it works because because at the end of the day the look is all that matters isn't it yeah but i don't think that you could render shrek in unreal to have it look the way it does i think you could the problem that i have with things like this <laughs> is that anybody who isn't an integral part of the process who comes out with some real low-hanging fruit like that? Let me get Mitch in here. One sec. Don't do it. No, no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask him. If he, I'll ask him if he can. And, uh, and if he can, then that's great. If not, we'll answer it another time. Okay. But it just seems to me like the low-hanging fruit is always something somebody else thought about, or at least very, very likely something somebody else already thought about. And Austin, that, that's the thing that is very confusing about that, about the Sonic situation. Anyway, he says, anyone who is intelligent enough to listen to their fans isn't out of touch enough to have produced the first preview draft in the first place. And that is the ultimate confusion there is like, how did this get to this point where somebody thought that this is what Sonic should look like? Because it's so <laughs> far away. From... I get back here and it's just like, all right, let's get to, down to brass tacks for yeah. real. <laughs> and it is, it's very interesting. That somebody oh, that it man. got all the way to the point that it got, looking the okay, way it so, did, and not one person said anything. No, no. But. So this is this is what I heard actually. I heard that in Sonic. Oh, well, first off, Mitch isn't here, so we'll, okay. I told him that he should join the episode on Monday, though, and he said he's down. Okay. So we'll get our question answered then. But I heard that there was a lead producer on Sonic that had a vision for what Sonic should look like in uh -huh. this anthropomorphic version of Sonic that lives in a human world, uh -huh. et cetera, et cetera. Clearly, he did not play Sonic 2006, or else Correct. he would have seen uh, Sonic exist and have love with a human woman. Continue. <laughs> or maybe he did, uh, and he loved That's it. true. Maybe he was a big fan of that game. His, yeah. first, inf his first foray into Sonic the Hedgehog was that turd. Correct. <laughs> Apparently, th this is the story anyways. They said the people did not react well, and the guy just said, okay, my vision didn't work. And I admit that. Let's try your way to like another producer on the project that had another, a, a, an opposing opinion. I can see that where someone's like, "No, man, this is it. This is gonna be good. This is it." And everybody's like, ah, "I don't know." And he's like, "Just trust me. We'll put out a trailer. Everybody's gonna love it." And then they don't. He's like, "Well, they certainly showed me. Let's do it the other way." <laughs> he he could have been he could have been someone very respectable and somebody that like everyone looks up to and they're like, "Listen, he's made some awesome stuff before. I trust his vision." That happens all the time. Like, look at Wii Music. Yeah. Miyamoto was on stage showing off Wii music like it was anything good or cool at all. And it's like, That's true. Nintendo does things better than anybody else in a lot of ways, but they also put out Virtual Boy, Wii music, and that stupid cardboard thing that you get for the Switch. And so it's like, 
The brawl was released, he said. <laughs> oh, man, I love Austin. <laughs> for, I don't know enough about the history of Smash Brothers to know why that's a complaint, because they all seem pretty much the same to me. But they're, they're, The competitive scene, if you follow it and like you see what you can do in... Competitive games are the forefront of the technology that's being adapted and optimized in these competitive games. Yeah. Like you see the best of the best things. And Melee, if you watch any clip of Melee, you will be like, how do they move that fast when I can't even grab the ledge properly? And grabbing the ledge is automatic. <laughs> and then you'll... Chris, they move so fast in Melee. And... I've seen a lot of clips brawl, of like... Of certain Smash Bros. things, just out of context, where it's like, is this a computer playing this? Like, how is this possible? Melee's really fast. Brawl, because the Melee scene got so big, and I think Nintendo reacted to the Melee competitive scene because they didn't like it. Because mm-hmm. they were they were breaking the game, technically. Because they like exposed like a lot of different bugs that were in the game, and now that's what created Melee. Somebody should show them the Tekken scene. <laughs> <laughs> is that is it like that too? Man, I don't know. I don't I'm gonna admit I barely know what I'm talking about right now, but I keep getting all sure. of this fantastic secondhand information from Will about the Tekken scene and how it's just it's on fire. Like it's a total mess. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's the oh, like the, the creator of Tekken is like the best Twitter page that you could possibly follow because he's just like suck a dick, dumb shits. Like <laughs> yeah. he just yeah. has this beautiful attitude. Oh, it's so funny. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Basically, all you need to know is Melee was super fast and has such a high skill ceiling. Good. Brawl comes out. Brawl was a reaction from Nintendo to Melee um, because Melee was too fast and like they were breaking the game, basically. So Brawl was like very basic and simple and mm. like slow okay. and not fun to watch. And Meta Knight was the only good character that would destroy everyone. He was like way better than everyone else. Was Brawl on Wii? Yes. Oh, boy. I hate I, I hate the Wii a lot. I want everybody to know that. <laughs> Continue. Smash 4 came out, and that was better than Brawl, but it was still slow. And now we have Ultimate, which is the second, probably the second best, like in terms of like skill ceiling, like yeah, and balance and stuff. Because I I played. Oh, it's the best in terms of balance for sure. Okay, I but played like, the first one yeah. a lot, and then I didn't really touch it until Ultimate. So there's all right. the games between Smash Brothers and Smash Brothers Ultimate that I don't know anything about, because I can't stand fighting games, and I have, and I had a 10-year period where Nintendo and I were not speaking, and so there's just all of this section where it's like, ah, I, I missed out on all of this stuff, but yeah. I really do not like fighting games. I cannot stand them. They are not for me. But I, I played the Christ out of Ultimate. I was gonna say, are you considering Smash Bros. a fighting game in this instance? Sort of. I do in the sense that I will often say it is the only fighting game that I like. But yeah, I will also say that ninety percent Smash. See, Austin says Smash is a fighting game, and it is. Like, I agree with that. But I also spent ninety-five percent of my many, many hours of Smash Ultimate in the adventure mode. I barely play regular Smash. Yeah, interesting. See, that's, and that's, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I love to compete against other people in Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love to, like, learn new things and, like, just, I don't know. Austin, we're going to be playing Smash Bros. In, at PAX East for sure. You can't fit, Austin says, I can't fit my CRTs on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> 
we got a uh, we got dolphin to help us out. I'll uh, I'll bring the adapter. Oh, speaking of good. things similar to that, but only slightly, I just got working. So there's the PlayStation 4 remote streaming app. You can get it on your PC, and you can also get it on your phone. And I Very bought good. I bought a mount that mounts your phone to the top of your PS4 controller, and then you can sync your PS4 controller to your phone via Bluetooth. And then you open up the app, and you can play your PS4 anywhere through your phone using a controller that's synced to it with Bluetooth. And it works pretty well. I was I haven't gone remote with it, like outside the house, but even just via Wi-Fi internally, I was able to run 1080-60 on God of War without any issue whatsoever. Sure, sure. And that's really neat. Plus, if you close the app and you still have the phone synced to your controller, you can use your controller for things on your phone. Like, if you move the sticks, it gives you a little mouse and you can click on stuff with it. And you can use the touchpad as, like, a like swipe for keyboard and stuff. It's really interesting. It was very neat. And so it's like, now I'm going to re-download all of these old emulators that I used to play on my phone and have real buttons. Because trying to play... I've tried several times to play like PS or like SNES or Game Boy or something on my phone. And the fact that it's touchscreen controls always is the breaking of the deal. Like, I just don't care. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but having a controller with me and doing it that way, I can get on board with it. Yeah. That. No, I, I, I'm in the same boat. And it's, it's, isn't it really funny to think about like people that play mobile games and there's like a whole market for that? Just like people that play Candy Crush and they're usually like filthy casuals. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're usually moms that like are just playing games and yeah. But I don't know. That that's just so interesting to me, and that and they they they're comfortable with that too. Yeah, they're okay with that. And <laughs> then there are nerds like all of us, where it's like oh, I can't I can't deal with it. Like I I have to. We, I, we're yeah, just, like, I can't custom stand to it. a controller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've got a Raspberry Pi here. I've been thinking once again about turning into an emulator machine because I don't need it for Pi Hole anymore. I would love to dive into like the emulator, classic consoles kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like I, I don't know, man. It's it's so hard to find time. Like I I can hardly find time for like more than one game. Really. For me, it's hard to find interest. Like I do have a legitimate draw to all those older games that I loved, but mm -hmm. the nostalgia fuel is not particularly strong for me. Like. Anytime I play something out of nostalgia, I'll probably give it like two hours of play. And then it's like, all right, I'm done. I can I cannot get through old games front to back anymore, any of them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, I can build this emulator machine and then I'll have it and it will probably sit there. And I really, yeah. I would really love to have like the NES Classic, the SNES Classic, all those little tiny versions of those things. I would kill for that. I really do want one of each of those. But the fact that I still don't have them and don't really care that that's true is kind of telling as well. So it's like... Yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it, but we'll see what happens. No, for sure. I, I yeah, the idea, we're, we're attached to the, to the idea of it, but like, is it practical? Unfortunately, it's not really. At this point, I could see it being more practical than ever just because I can very easily sync either like a PS3 or PS4 controller to it via Bluetooth and be good to go. Like I use my Steam link all the time now. With a PS3 controller. Yeah, I guess I didn't mean, like, technically practical as much sure. as, like, life practical. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just not going to happen. How, how often will you actually use it kind of deal? And Yeah. It's sad. <laughs> I, I wish that I could game much more, but, you know, that's that's well, life sometimes. You know what? You know what they say? And by they, I mean me. <laughs> is that eventually 
you stop having time for things and you have to make time for things. And I feel like that a lot of people that I've known in my life, I know a lot of people who wish that they could just play games in general that haven't touched a system of any kind since like Super Nintendo. It's like, oh man, I wish I had time for games. And it's like, you do, you just have to make it. Like, what, do, what did I do last night? Uh, a prime Friday night, Valentine's Day, 2020. I did fucking nothing at all. I sat here mm -hmm. and I played Stardew Valley until I fell asleep on the couch. And that sounds amazing. <laughs> it kind of does, but I do. It. That's what I do every night. And so <laughs> I wouldn't mind going out a little bit more often. But the fact yeah. that I don't is also like, yeah, he must not have wanted it that bad. You know. <laughs> you know what I? You know what I need to do? Hmm. I need to be less comfortable. I, I'm too comfortable right now, and I need to get comfortable being less comfortable. I see. Like, I, I need to, like, just push myself out of my comfort zone constantly. Yeah. Shake things up. It's tough. There's, I mean, you can do that. It's kind of like clenching a muscle. Eventually, you do have to relax and, like, sit for a couple of days. But yeah, just to, just to sort of prevent you from being too hard on yourself or not going out and doing things that keep you uncomfortable more regularly, because I can't do it either. I'm terrible, and it's only gotten worse over the years. But yeah. But it's also sure. an interesting piece of that, too, that I just thought of is how often, like, on the one hand where it's like, I need to do things that make me uncomfortable more. The other version of saying that is I could stand to be more comfortable with more things. And right. that's kind of where I've gotten is like, yeah, I do kind of think that I could stand to be more uncomfortable, but what I've act what I've actually ended up doing is just being more comfortable with things that I didn't used to be. And that makes it easier. And I think one is sort of the result of the other, because the more you do anything, the more comfortable it's going to become. So it's like, yeah, you're kind of right in the sense that I need to do things I'm uncomfortable with more so that they just become comfortable things. So you're, yeah. I think we're both right, but it's just, it's an interesting thing I just thought of. Yeah. I think what really helps me the most with like disciplining and really at the end of the day, it's about disciplining yourself and like just doing more things more often, I guess, or like doing different things more often especially if you have a lot of stuff on your plate, it's really hard to just like get yourself to have a lot of different habits all of the time. Yeah. You got to change stuff one at a time and it's really tough, man. Discipline is one of my weakest components of myself of many. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to get better at it too. I, so I want to, um, I'm getting fat too in a way that is starting <laughs> to concern me. Yeah, because you're not moving around at your job as much, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I leave the house now, which has not been true for the last four months. But I'm just—it's just happening as a result of many components of life and getting older. And yeah. I don't like it. And it's still—it's yeah. been a long winter. And you know, once the season comes back into play, I'll be working from home some more, and I'll have all these opportunities to go ride in ways that I didn't get to in the winter time. And. I've been lifting more and it's like, it'll come. And I just have to sort of find comfort in the fact that this is not a permanent problem, but I still can't fit those pants right there. I don't, yeah. it doesn't work. So, <laughs> so it's I, like, well, ugh. do you, um, struggle. I was, I was going to say that like in terms of discipline, I think community is probably one of the best parts. The, the show, one of the things, no, like having like community, <laughs> I hate you every time from now on. <laughs> yeah i know right that. well so i reached out to uh some people to start a private music group of just like because i'm working on an album right now so a band and like no 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 just like it, it's it's more like a um i'm working on my music on my personal time mm -hmm. we, we basically have a, a group now and we're gonna call once a week and we're gonna keep each other updated on our music progress just to keep each other accountable that's basically what it is 
Yeah. This pin that I have has a map that you can pull out of it. And so it's like you let go and it zaps back into the pin. And then you pull it out and you get a map of someplace in Germany. I was listening to you, but this is also incredible. <laughs> yeah, that sounds oh, like I've, a cool pen. I've, I've broken it. But yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to integrate that in more areas too, like game dev and just other disciplines I want to learn and pick up and mm -hmm. do throughout the year. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, uh, good. Well yeah. done sticking around this whole time, everybody. Impressive stuff. Yeah, really appreciate you, your all all of your support. You know what? Go check out uh, the Game Audio Training Series or the free course on Blip Sounds. Um, and tell your friends about this podcast. We do a terrible job of pushing this thing, and we could uh, market it a little bit better. And so yeah. I'm leaving that up to all of you. Tell your friends. Yep. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Yep, you can find right. it on uh, everywhere. Go anywhere that podcasts are, and you'll find it. Pretty much. <laughs> Except for... I don't know. Spotify's been having some weird problems, but otherwise everything's ship shape. True, true. Very good. Why is the the on that right there is the it's thumbnail just a Discord Austin? Thing. Interesting. Okay. Well, well, that that's Brian first off, but <laughs> that's not Brian. It's Austin for me. Oh, it's Brian for me. That's really that's funny. So weird. What the fuck? <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll send a screenshot. Oh, that's so funny that Austin shows up. I wonder what it shows up for other people. Maybe it's because we both uh, edit the video and it like showed up the uh, the the previous thumbnail before we added the new one in. That could be. That could really. Yeah, that could totally be the case. And it's like Austin's is the worst because it's in it's in portrait. So it's just this weird skinny thing surrounded by black, and it's like this is a horrifying. This, if this was the thumbnail on YouTube, we'd be out of the business. But. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's actually not that... The Brian one isn't too bad, as far as I can tell. No, Brian's fine, because it's at yeah. least, you know, full frame, but... Oh, because he had Because <laughs> he had his in profile, in, uh, yeah, in portrait view. And so uh, it just Henry. looks like someone shooting, like, a street fight of with, <laughs> yeah. with an iPhone from five years ago. Yeah. <laughs>